Alton Gonzalez, I want to be very honest with you. I did not plan on doing an Albert Pujols episode. I guess during my tenure hosting this show at all, <laughs> I thought we had missed the window on him being a person that we should be impressed by. But then stuff kept happening. Stuff like what happened on August 22nd at Wrigley Field. What exactly occurred? <sighs> he homered again, Pablo. And Pujols hits it out to deep left. At the wall! Gone! 693 home runs! A historic home run! He didn't just homer again. He homered on a fastball near his head. This is way up there. I mean, this is almost neck high to Albert. And he turns it around. It was the 693rd home run of his career. It was his sixth home run in a stretch of 20 at-bats. It was the only run of the game. Mm. It was the reason why the Cardinals won that game. And if you go back to some of the comments that his teammates, his opponents were saying, I think it painted a good picture of where Albert Pujols is right now. Nolan Gorman, a rookie on the Cardinals, said it was insane. Paul DeYoung, an infielder on that team, said he couldn't believe it. Drew Smiley, the man who gave up the home run, said, he's the machine for a reason. He's back. You know, he's, he's the GOAT. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, he finally got me. <laughs> and he's the machine for a reason. He's, he's back. Yeah, I, I thought the machine was broken. <laughs> I just want to say this with all of the bluntness required here. I thought this dude was done. And then the very next week, this week, he crushes home run number 694 off of Ross Detweiler. Albert lifts it in the air out to deep right. At the wall. Gone. 694. And it's history. The 450th different pitcher that Albert is homered against. Nobody in the game has ever done that. And yes, this is the 450th pitcher that Albert Pujols has hit a homer off of, which happens to be more than anyone in history, including Barry Bonds. And you covered him, Alden. You covered him when I thought he was cooked <laughs> on the Angels when he was there for like a decade. So what have you been thinking as you've been watching this? That Albert Pujols is navigating through the type of career renaissance, really, that I don't think anybody could have ever foreseen. And I mean, it, it's really interesting with him because Albert Pujols' career had been very clearly defined as something of a two-act play. Yes. Act one was sheer dominance for about a decade in St. Louis. And Albert Pujols hits one into deep right field, back at the wall. Swing and a long drive. Did he get it up? Come on, baby. Get up. Get up. Oh, yeah. Soon as it left the bat, there was no debate about it. Pools working up the line. Flash bulbs popping all over the ballpark. Camera crews are out there. What a big flash by Albert Pools. The Tigers pitch to the MVP, and he makes Detroit pay. If there's anybody better in the game today, I have no idea who that would be. And act two was this sort of actually pretty rapid fade into the background in close to 10 years with the Angels. And 
Pablo, the logical thought was that that was just going to continue. That's how aging works. I mean, by the time we got to the early part of the 2021 season, we had been basically a decade removed from Albert Pujols' prime. An entire generation had grown up without really ever seeing it. There's something about those big moments. There's something about playing on those playoff teams, playing in meaningful games down the stretch that just really sort of energizes him. He missed that. Now that he's getting that again, I think that's a big reason why we're starting to see some of the old Albert Pools emerge at a time when we did not expect it. No sport worships round numbers like Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball's holiest, roundest number is also its most exclusive one. 700. As in 700 home runs. As in Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds. The only three people who have ever hit that many. Until, maybe, right now. Yes, Albert Pujols has now hit 694 homers and counting at age 42. But even that is only part of this story. So today, with his St. Louis Cardinals sitting atop their division again, and all of baseball marveling at the machine again, we try to understand the man. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Friday, September 2nd. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, Alden, this is where I confess the other part of why I thought we'd never be doing an ESPN Daily episode about Albert Pujols in the year 2022. And that is simply because I have considered him, from afar at least, to be kind of boring, right? Like, I, I, I sort of believe that I understood his story from afar. I never interviewed him, of course. But that's the other part of him being the machine. It's that he is both ridiculously uh, metronomic in his consistency and his abilities, but then he fell off and then he just sort of seemed robotic to me by the end. Yeah, I don't have a good descriptor like metronomic, <laughs> but I would describe him as fiercely serious and with no tolerance of anything that would ever sort of get in the way of his job. Machine-like, really. I think he's also fiercely dedicated and proud and competitive. And I think he's the type of person, though, that if he likes you, if you're in his inner circle, he is incredibly loyal. He will do anything for you. And there are a lot of people in the sport, and it's why you've seen him become so revered as he plays out this last season, who deeply admire him, who 
credit him for so much of their success because he looked after them. He's also somebody who will say comically that he doesn't care about his numbers. And mm. I could tell you for a fact that he cares a lot about not just his numbers, <laughs> but where he resides in history. But Alden, I do want to be very clear about something too. Like, I do care about his numbers because his numbers, and this is something that I was reminded of when I was preparing to talk to you today, his numbers in St. Louis are unbelievable, man. Can we just look at his baseball reference page together here for a second? Can we both pull that up and just sort of marvel at what he did with the Cardinals? It's bookmarked on my page. Okay, great. Because <laughs> it's right in front of me too. And what he did, I mean... 10 of his 11 years, the first 11 years he had in St. Louis, he was a top five MVP finisher, right? He never fell out of the top 10. He won MVP three times. Yeah, Pablo, it wasn't just crazy. It wasn't just unprecedented. It was perfect. The way it ended, you look back, his 11th year in St. Louis, he fell one batting average point and one RBI short of going 330 homers, 100 RBIs for the 11th consecutive year. <laughs> and here goes one into left. How about three on the night? They end up winning the World Series that year. That city is as baseball crazed as any city in America. And Albert Pujols was on top of the world. He was a god. A three-run shot, a two-run home run. And now a solo blast. And Albert Pujols has tied Reggie Jackson with three home runs against the Rangers in game three. We were thinking at that point, this man is very clearly on a path to becoming the greatest baseball player who has ever lived. Yes, yes. He won two World Series in St. Louis. He was the best slugger in baseball. He was a guy who... He was... As a hitter, Alden, I don't know if you went into a lab if you could produce a better specimen than what Albert Pujols had given us for over a decade. Yeah, think Mark McGuire power and Tony Gwynn bat control. Mm. That's what Albert Pujols was. He, he was the perfect hitter, but he was also a gold glove first baseman. Yes. He was also somebody who stole a bunch of bases. He was also somebody who came up big in big moments. I mean, that home run that he hit off Brad Lidge in Houston still hasn't landed. In the air, left field, and Pools has given St. Louis the lead. A dramatic, towering three-run home run. Stunned in disbelief here in Houston. Yeah, he basically broke Brad Lidge, who was one of the best closers in the game, was never the same after that. It's become an iconic postseason moment throughout baseball <laughs> history. There's a reason why they called him the machine. Tony La Russa used to call him, this is not a great nickname, but he would call him Perfect Pools mm. because he seemed to do everything perfectly on a baseball field and he seemed untouchable. And so how is it, Alden, that he enters your world? How is it that he ends up with the Angels in L.A. or outside of L.A., technically? So it's December of 2011. We are in the winter meetings in Texas, and it is my first week covering a baseball beat. So that was um, perfect timing uh, on my end. And the Angels shock all of baseball 
and they sign Albert Pujols. Mm -hmm. And nobody saw this coming. Everybody, not unlike the Freddie Freeman situation in Atlanta, I would say to an even greater extent, the foregone conclusion always was Albert Pujols is going to stay in St. Louis. He is going to have a statue in front of Bush Stadium like Stan Musial does. They were going on the same path. And the Cardinals were never willing to commit enough money. Specifically, they were never willing to commit enough years. And 10 years, $240 million, it blew the Cardinals' offer out of the water. Mm. And it became almost a simple decision for Albert Pujols and his camp during that time. So this right-handed hitter, this bat, who is perfect in all of these ways, as you said, how is it that things fall off almost immediately? It's really amazing when you think about it. And I was there for basically the entirety of that stint with the Angels from start to finish. He gets there, and I'll never forget the spring training that he had that first year in the spring of 2012, where... He showed up in incredible shape, and nobody could get him out. He looks like 2005 Albert Pujols that spring. I'll, for some reason, it's just embedded in my memory. Then the season starts. Albert Pujols goes on a 27-game homerless streak. And I want to I emphasize that because... Here's the guy who signed a $240 million contract, who is the face of baseball. Yes. Everybody's talking about this deal. And he goes 27 games without hitting his first home run. It was remarkable. And when you take that and you just sort of zoom out a little bit and you look at a 10-year deal with the Angels, he played nine plus seasons there. The Angels ultimately got three months of peak Albert Pujols throughout the entirety of that contract. 2013 starts. He's got plantar fasciitis on his foot. He tries to play through it for about four months. He does not look like himself. And he has season-ending surgery toward the end of July. And what comes out of that surgery into now 2014 is all of a sudden somebody who's different. Somebody who's clearly a lesser version of the Albert Pools we knew as recently as August of 2012. And he's just never the same again. Yeah, if he was a machine at this point, Alden, he was like an old smartphone, right? The kind where everything was just feeling slower and rustier and kind of like the battery was dying quicker and quicker every day. As somebody who sort of grew up in the right generation to have Albert Pujols' ascendance coincide with peak baseball fandom. Yes. It was honestly difficult to watch. Mm. To watch this man who seemed invincible now struggle to get out of the batter's box and ground into a comical number of double plays. So many double plays. And, and honestly, just by the end of it, not be playable to the point where the Angels a team that can't do anything, even though it employs Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, who's got a comically bad farm system and no depth. The Angels, of all people, release this man who was not long ago considered a god. I don't think that's the outcome that anybody could have foreseen when he signed that contract. 
And it did really feel like this was the end, right? I mean, at this point in his life, Alden, what was Albert Pujols thinking in terms of the options in front of him after he gets cut by the Angels? He wanted to play. He wanted to keep playing. And those close to him said as much. And if you know Albert, you know not to bet against him. And I think there was an extra chip on his shoulder to make sure that his career would not end that way. But at this point in his story, Alden, Albert Pujols is 41 years old. He is unemployed. And so what are the options available in front of him if he's going to try and feel like something like his previous self? Well, Pablo, the perception was not much. I mean, you looked around the league at that time and you tried to think of which team is going to try to squeeze in a right-handed hitter who can't play the field very often at a time, I'll remind you, when the National League did not have a designated hitter. And there were very few natural fits. And I think the last team that anybody thought was going to do it was the Dodgers. But for them, it was very simple. They were a team, obviously, with championship aspirations, and they had a lot of young players on their bench. And they were looking for a veteran guy who could give you a professional at bat. And they felt as if Albert Poole still had some life in his bat. And to be honest, Pablo, that time with the Dodgers is very much what set him on a course to be where he's at right now. If he doesn't sign with the Dodgers, I don't think he's still playing. Mm. Being on that team, being in that environment, sold out Dodger Stadium, playing games that really mattered, I think really resonated with him. It's something that just, it didn't exist in Anaheim. And something happened about the narrative around Albert Pujols. It changed dramatically. He clicked immediately in that clubhouse. I mean, he became known as Theo Albert. <laughs> um, it's kind of like this. Um, fatherly figure on this team. There were t-shirts of Theo Albert that were printed that everybody used to wear during batting practice. And it's fascinating to me, Pablo, that so the distance between Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium is 30 miles. And yet the narratives around Albert Pujols couldn't be any more different. In Anaheim, he was this aging star on a bloated contract. And in L.A., he was this charming role model type guy who would give advice in the dugout and who would look after the young players and who every once in a while would come up to bat against the lefty and mash a home run. One, two, is hit well down the left field side. It is gone. A home run. Career home run. 673 for the machine. He found the role that worked for him, that he could thrive in playing on a semi-regular basis and matching up only against left-handed pitchers or guys who didn't throw very hard, and he began to thrive. So Albert Pujols is finding out now that he is a really useful, specialized weapon, an elder statesman also for the Dodgers. But by the end of that year, because this is just a one-year deal, Alden, he still has a pivotal career decision to make. So the 2021 season is winding down and Albert Pujols has not announced his retirement yet. And the thought 
throughout the sport was that 2021 would be his final season. It was the last season on a 10-year contract. He had clearly been lumbering through the latter years of that deal, but he hasn't said anything. And I had a conversation with him toward the end of September. And he tells me that he's still uncertain, that he still truly doesn't know what he's going to do. He gave me this story about how just a few days before that, he put it to a vote with his family, all of his kids, uh, his then wife, and everybody except one of his daughters voted that he should keep playing. I think largely because they felt as if he was having fun again. They also saw how close he was to 700, and they thought maybe that would be a cool way to go out. And also that he was doing well, and he still enjoyed this. And I think ultimately that played a big part in it. If his family wouldn't have wanted him to keep playing, I don't know that he would have. But I think the other part of it was he was having fun again. He loved that environment, and he wanted to keep playing. I think he would have only kept playing for a team that was chasing a playoff spot that looked like a championship contender. But that time in L.A., honestly, I don't think I'm overstating it when I say it saved the narrative around Albert Pujols' career, mm. and it kick-started this sort of memorable finish that we're experiencing right now. Coming up, Albert Pujols decides to go home. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Mm -hmm. 
So Albert Pujols winds up in St. Louis where they have playoff aspirations, real playoff aspirations with or without him. But the whole thing, Alden, as T.O. Albert, as old Uncle Albert is concerned, is that old Uncle Albert is also still old, right? He's 42 at this point. It's May. I want to take us there. It's May. He's not playing all that great. And as the Cardinals are just wrecking the Giants on Sunday Night Baseball, and it's 15-2 to two in the ninth inning, something happens that just gives all of this officially the feel of a real farewell tour ceremonial kind of thing, right? Because Albert Pujols, one of the greatest hitters we have ever seen, gets brought in to do what? Gets brought in to pitch. And I think secretly it's something that he had always wanted to do. History here in Bush Stadium. Albert Pujols is on the mound. The greatest right-handed hitters of all time making his first ever pitching appearance. And everyone is loving this. It brought the crowd, as large as it still is, to its feet. A standing ovation. Even the Giants. The Giants are cheering. The crowd is giving him a standing ovation. Yeah, usually when position players pitch in a game, it is a blowout and everybody has left the stadium and nobody cares, especially now because <laughs> it's sort of run its course. But everybody at Bush Stadium that night is standing. Yes. You see the people behind home plate, they have their smartphones out and they want to record every moment of this. Every 64 mile an hour fastball. So I thought it was hilarious, though, that the leadoff batter reached on a walk. And it was a pitch that was just slightly on the outside corner that veered off the plate. And you hear this collective moan throughout the stadium because they wanted the strike call for Albert Pujols. And he walked the first guy that he saw, Darren Ruff. Wow. Fred Gibson squeezing him right there with that last one. <laughs> they were treating it like it was like Game 7 of the World Series and Adam Wainwright was pitching. <laughs> How's the form, Connie? Better now. He's settling in. <laughs> now it's got some drop. But it really did emphasize what the perception was of this signing from the outset, which was that this is something of a farewell tour. It was a nice story, a convenient bookend to his career. I mean, I, I feel like just covering him with the Angels, I always felt as if he thought that a piece of him was still in St. Louis. So for him to go mm. back there really meant something. And, you know, especially like to retire with Yanir Molina, who, I mean, they're, they're brothers. And at that moment, that's how it felt from the outside. It's like they're bringing him home. They're bringing Albert home. They're bringing the king home to lay him to rest. Yeah, he was... It looked as if he was just going to fade for the rest of this year, and it would be this heartwarming story about Albert Pujols playing his final season in St. Louis, but not really being a contributor. And I got to be honest, Pablo, there was there were moments around that time and shortly thereafter where I was worried that the Cardinals might eventually have to ceremoniously, I guess, release him because mm. Albert Pujols has one job on that team. He's going to start against left-handed pitchers as a designated hitter, and he needs to do well. And if not, he's taking up a very valuable roster spot for a team that's trying to win the National League Central. And he simply wasn't performing. One down, the 0-2 to Albert. He swings and misses strike three. He's fanned three times. And Underwood strikes him out looking. 
Pujols did him wait for the call. He knew it. He had a 174 batting average in May and June. By, by the All-Star break, his OPS is 81 points below the league average. But, you know, <laughs> in true Albert form, he just seems to surprise you when you least expect it. And something just, something started to happen when the calendar flipped to July. And it happened very subtly. You had a couple of hits on July 10th. It was his first multi-hit game in about six weeks. You have a three-hit game and a home run um, about a week after that. You have another home run two days later and two more hits about a week after that and three more hits shortly thereafter. And then all of a sudden we get to August and he starts going crazy. It did feel like someone had taken out the cartridge and blew on it and put it back in, and suddenly the machine was just sort of humming again. Do we know why August, how August has been going this kind of way for Albert Pujols? Nobody really knows, Pablo, because nobody can imagine any sort of mechanical tweak or any reinvigoration of health leading to a surge this powerful. I, I know he did. He changed something with his hands. He put his hands out in front of him a little bit more to just sort of get the barrel of the ball a little bit quicker, shorten up his swing path, and maybe get around on velocity a little better. Some people will say that that's helped, but to surge to in the manner that Albert Pujols has, I don't think anybody has a rational explanation for it. But I think what's what's instructive about this is. The fact that Albert Pujols' rise has run parallel to how the Cardinals have basically overtaken that division. I don't think that's a coincidence. Not just because of tangibly he is providing a power source for that team and he's making a meaningful contribution, but I think Albert Pujols very much sets the tone on that team. Um, I think it says a lot about just the admiration that he has for the players in there. I mean, I remember every game that I would cover with Albert Pujols at the start of every series, you would have players from the other team who would flock to where he was because they wanted to talk to him. Mm. Almost at the start of every series, there would be at least one veteran player, usually a Latin player, who would bring a younger Latin player with him to be like, hey, look, come, come with me. I will introduce you to Albert Pujols. This <laughs> happened at the start of basically every series. No, we saw it at the All-Star Game, at the Home Run Derby, right? We saw it on camera, on national TV. Everybody realized, wait a minute, this guy is this Pied Piper of young players right now. Yeah, and Pablo, that moment, right, when he takes sort of a timeout from his Home Run Derby round, and then everybody from both sides um, of the dugout just sort of surrounds him and tries to sort of motivate him. And you have this sort of magical kind of encircling around Albert Pujols. And everybody, all the players making their way towards Albert. Check this scene out in his last home run derby. This is respect. The players are here to see Albert Pujols. It's important to note who was there right by him. It's Juan Soto, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it's Fran Valdez, it's Luis Castillo. For Dominican players of that generation, Albert Pujols is their Michael Jordan. 
they came up playing baseball, admiring him the way kids of the 90s admired Michael Jordan. And Albert Pujols throughout his career has always made it a point to take care of Latin players. Um, he saw it as a responsibility. And a lot of them look up to him not just as a role model, but they see him as somebody they could talk to, somebody they could confide in, somebody who will do anything for them to help them on their career path. And I think that's become a very big part of the legacy of Albert Pujols that maybe is not as well known as some of the other stuff but I think it's been just as impactful. But the idea that Albert Pujols means this much to all of these players across baseball, outside of his own clubhouse, it does raise questions for me now, Alden, about how it feels to be a supporting cast member inside of the Cardinals clubhouse, as they are obviously trying to win a World Series and have a realistic shot at trying to do it as this whole circus now is emerging. I honestly think he's been a very welcomed distraction. I think what he's doing, his pursuit of 700 and just the resurgence he's had this month has taken a lot of pressure off the rest of that group. Consider this, Pablo. Paul Goldschmidt is chasing a triple crown. Yes. We're not talking about Paul Goldschmidt. Right. Might be the actual MVP. Might be the MVP. Is the front runner for it. And we're talking only about Albert Pujols and what he's doing and they chase for 700. This 42-year-old guy at the end of a very long career still very much sets the tone for a team. And I think it's very much the case in that city where even though he left for about a decade, he is still basically a god there. And so at the very end here, Alden, we are standing here as the Cardinals have, I'm doing the math here, 31 games left in this regular season and 700 home runs, this very, very magical round number that only three major leaguers have ever reached. That's Barry Bonds. That's Hank Aaron. That's Babe Ruth. If Albert Pujols does not hit number 700 by the end of this year, do you think he comes back next season? I don't. I think this is it. One thing about Albert, if you get to know him, He's a man of his word. He's true to what he says. And he told me late last year, even though everybody was basically saying that he should retire, he told me that he was taking his time in making a decision because he wanted to be sure that this was it. And what he told me was, when I say I'm done, I'm done. And so I think he will be done after this season. And I think we should all just enjoy it. But if this is the end, if this is goodbye, if we're all waving goodbye to Albert Pujols, what exactly are we waving goodbye to, would you say? One of the best baseball players who has ever lived. One of the top right-handed hitters ever. Probably the second greatest first baseman ever behind Lou Gehrig. Somebody who's done things that Basically, only Hank Aaron has done, maybe Alex Rodriguez. Somebody who has had an immeasurable impact on the sport because of the amount of players that he influenced along the way. But I think the perception of Albert Pujols' career as being a two-act play is now misplaced. What we're living now is a third act, and it's been stirring 
It's been electrifying. And the best thing about it is the fun part is what's coming. And September and a pennant race and likely Albert Pujols in October playing out a storied career in a city where he is still a mythical figure and playing games that matter a lot. Alden Gonzalez, thank you for taking us back in time and then, yeah, into the future too. Thank you, Pablo. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andy Tennant, Chris Tuminello, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Andre Soto, Deontay Epps, Blake Foman, and Jackson Angelo. I'll talk to you Monday. <laughs>